This is Conversations on Character, a new podcast brought to you by the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtues at the University of Birmingham. Your host is Dr. Tom Harrison, and this week he interviews the Right Honourable Damien Hines MP, Member of Parliament for East Hampshire and former Secretary of State for Education. Hello and welcome to this first ever Conversations on Character podcast brought to you by the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtues at the University of Birmingham. I'm absolutely delighted uh, to be the host of this podcast. My name is Dr Tom Harrison. I'm the Director of Education at the Jubilee Centre uh, and I'm really looking forward to sharing hopefully some really good conversations that we have with our guests on what is the place and the importance of character in today's world and how does character in the eyes of the guests that we're going to invite on this podcast contribute to more broader societal flourishing. So we're hoping to get a series of really good guests together on this podcast and look at big and important questions related to character and character education. And we're starting off on a real high as we've got the Right Honourable Damien Hines, uh, who is the MP for East Hampshire and formerly the Secretary of State for Education, as our first ever guest on this podcast. As you'll hear during this podcast, Damien talks about his interest in character education, uh, which I first came across uh, when he was the chairman for the all-party a parliamentary group on social mobility where character was a key focus. Damien carried that focus on character education through to his time when he was Secretary of State for Education uh, and you'll hear in this podcast how he instigated a number of different character education initiatives during his time as Secretary of State. We, we talk about what was the background to that, why was he so interested in character education and why did he think it was so important that schools and teachers put a focus on it and also I think hopefully it will hear um, some of Damien's more personal ambitions for character and character education and what motivates him um, to think that character and virtue is such an important aspect in all of our lives. I really hope you enjoy listening uh, to this first ever podcast. Uh, I hope it hooks you in and you will continue to listen to future editions. So enjoy this conversation with the Right Honourable Damien Hines. Damien, thank you so much for being our inaugural guest on this uh, Conversations on Character podcast. Uh, we're really looking forward to the conversation with you today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm hoping that we can talk about a number of different issues and we're definitely getting on to your uh, role as uh, Secretary of State and, and all the initiatives you brought in about character education. But I want to uh, start uh, just by talking about how you're finding a current situation. I think current uh, uh, Winston Churchill, amongst many other people, I think said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I was just finding, how, how have you found the lockdown? I mean, has, has it tested your character or perhaps strengthened it, Damien? So I think, I think in some ways it tested everybody's character, but I've been very, very conscious that relative to many, uh, I have had it, my family have had it pretty easy compared to what some have been through. Within the family, probably the kids, the children have, um, have had the most <laughs> testing done of them, but they've yeah. probably also developed actually the most as, as a result of it, just having to adapt, which actually is, is part of character, is being able to work in different 
do things in different situations and adjust uh, and a bit more self-management uh, albeit by the end uh, of lockdown that wasn't necessarily <laughs> very well every single day yeah i mean i found that exactly the same with with my children i have to say i mean i think we set off uh, my wife and i at the beginning of this trying to think this was a fantastic character education uh, uh, opportunity we obviously didn't use those terms with with our children but you know when we would get them to really kind of do all these different things that we've been tending to do uh, by the end i think they were definitely missing the buzz of school and the uh, the character building opportunities from from kind of meeting up with their school friends oh that's huge i mean yeah the development of self um i think Actually, one, one good thing that's come out of lockdown is this much wider appreciation and discussion of all of the different roles that school plays. Obviously, education is at the top of the list, but you know, going to school and being with, being with other children, forming friendships, working out your place in the world, all of these things, this is all, you know, it's all part of development of self. And, and then there are all the health aspects that go, that go with school as well, just the physical, uh, health uh, benefit of going to and from school and the sport you're doing there but also the, the mental uh, health um, development and support uh, that you that you get from having kind of realistic goals and a, a supportive atmosphere in which to try and pursue them in school uh, but also the you know, if you're away from that environment you haven't got that routine you're away from your friends other people you can talk to um, actually, you know, the mental health um, negative impact that can have, particularly on young people. And I think it's, as I say, it's a good thing, but that's come out now more in our, in our national, national conversation. Certainly, when I first came across you, Damien, was when you were um, chairing up the all-party parliamentary group on social mobility. And I think what you were really keen to show was how education had so much broader purpose than perhaps just kind of exams and, and testing and knowledge development, which are obviously all extremely important, but development of character for individual mental health and, and flourishing and, and more broadly societal flourishing was, was so important. I, I mean, what, what drew you to the link between, I suppose, character and social mobility when you, when you were chairing up that group? Well, we, we, did a, we did a report called Seven Key Truths About Social Mobility, um, which was our big sort of focus in that all-party group. And most of it was about, you know, stuff to do with getting GCSEs and what happened in the very earliest years of your life. Very, very important for uh, for social mobility uh, but then we then one of the seven i think it was the last of the seven was uh you know that well-being and resilience are, are the missing link and, and in fact that was i suppose i developed my thoughts on that through through talking with other other people in the in the all-party group but the more you think about it the more kind of obvious it is and i, I quite often illustrate this by saying to people at the start of a, a session you know, think back to when you were at school and I bet you can think of uh, somebody who got all the you know got all the exam results in the world and ended up doing something you know not, not bad with it but just something pretty ordinary in life but you can also remember somebody who didn't get their O-levels or GCSEs or, or hardly any uh, and they've gone on to do something amazing now close your eyes and think about what was the difference between those two people and quite often it is about this self-belief, drive, determination, just being able to pick themselves up again when something goes when something goes wrong and keep on driving towards a goal. So clearly that is going to be important in where people end up in life. Clearly it's going to be important in social mobility.
We, we know employers talk all the time about they're, they're greeted with hundreds of CVs of you know from people who've got different sorts of uh, qualities and grades, and and they all say you know it's it's actually the character of the person when they come to interview or when they speak to them that often you know kind of makes them stand out and get the, mm. get the job. So that's very clear. What was I found really interesting is when you moved to Secretary of State for Education, you you kind of carried on with that thread in particular, and then emphasised it even further. And I mean, talking of you know kind of important qualities, a real courage in, in many ways to to carry on Nicky Morgan's work in that sort of area, rather than necessarily think that they had to move in a different direction or into new sorts of big ideas. But what was it that convinced you to carry on that focus uh, on character in your time as Secretary of State? Well, it was actually, I mean, from what we were just talking about, from the, from the social mobility work. And, uh, you know, in a very simple sense, in, in the DfE, one of our, one of our missions is to, is to make sure that all children, wherever they're born, whatever their circumstances, have a, have a you know, as close as possible to an equal crack at success in, in life, in all the different ways that, you know, you might talk about success. And if, if you are only focusing on academics and exams, I'm not saying, by the way, that's ever been what the education system has done, but just, just to kind of set the, set the extreme, if you were only focusing on that, then, you know, you are sort of by definition, by default, by omission, <laughs> privileging some uh, kids who have all those great um, character building, resilience building uh, opportunities, either at, at school uh, or through their uh, or through their home life and the other opportunities they have. So, if we, if you're serious about everybody having having a fair crack, uh, then you've got to have a focus on on character and resilience, and it has a uh, it has a, a you know a rightful place right up there. With, um, uh, with, with, with the work on improving GCSEs and A-levels and uh, technical and vocational results. I'll come back to the idea of resilience and, and linked with character in a minute, but did you find in your time as Secretary of State that teachers were receptive of that uh, message? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, for teachers, the, the worry is always the, you know, the number of hours in the day and the resourcing available to do things. And there's always more stuff that people want you to do when you're in... Uh, when you're a teacher or a head teacher in a school, or indeed when you're Secretary of State for Education, I can confirm there is a you know there's a long queue of people with different campaigns for we should learn this in school, we should do that in school, uh, and so on. Uh, but I think this stuff comes instinctively, naturally, to uh, to teachers. You know they go into this noble profession uh, because they want to you know help to shape the next generation, support the next generation, and. Part of that is making sure they can get the, uh, the qualifications they're capable of, because that's the sort of passport that you will take with you through life. But also part of it is making sure they're in the best shape they can be, both to make use of those qualifications and their talents, but also for everything else that matters uh, to being rounded, uh, you know, adults eventually with, with a family of their own and bringing forth the, the, the next generation. I speak quite a lot on platforms with teachers on character education and what I'm really concerned about to some extent is, is, is overloading them or making them think you know here's another initiative or another new idea. Yeah. 
the, the line I often talk about is, you know, characters, uh, not another thing on the plate. It can be the plate itself. It, it kind of underpins so much of what else, yeah. behaviour, employability, attainment, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think to, to my understanding as teachers, really, uh, that's music. To I, I just wonder about how you kind of view character, because I think there has been a, quite a focus, uh, rightly, I suppose, within the, with the Department for Education, from Nicky Morgan to your, yourself in particular, on kind of character and this idea of resilience as a, as a particular important human quality. How, how did you see that kind of balanced up against other types of, of qualities, such as kind of more civic or, or moral types of qualities? Yeah, I think actually definitions do, do matter in this area, because although all the things that you've just mentioned are really important, they're not quite the same thing, uh, although there is overlap between them. So, I mean, I, I have a, in my head, I've got a big old Venn diagram where one of the circles is character and resilience. There's a second circle called virtues and values and a third circle, which is mental health and well-being. And, and they all, like all good Venn diagrams, they all overlap, they intersect. And there are some things that, you know, are, so self-worth, for example, is at the heart of all three. Uh, it matters to character and resilience, it matters to your own mental health and well-being, but it also matters to, you know, your, the development of you as a virtuous, good person uh, in our society. And then there are some other things which are virtue, but they're not necessarily part of character. Uh, things like respect and kindness and tolerance, very, very uh, important, but, but different. And then again, there are some things which, you know, you could say are in the sphere of, uh, you know, care of self and your mental health which again are very important and, and there's some overlap with character, like the ability to bounce back and to have some, you know, even when things are going badly wrong, to see what the positives are. All of these things overlap, but they are different and we should think about them differently and they have usually different ways of, of being developed. Uh, I might say as well, by the way, that if, if only a Venn diagram could, could support a fourth circle, which doesn't really work very well, but if it could, it would be about employability. Because there's also a whole bunch of things that, you know, employers are looking for from their and the people they take on, which are closely related to, uh, to character and resilience, but also closely related to virtues and values. So if we're developing all of these things, they, they should really be mutually supporting each other. The employability point, I know your um, previous career was very much in uh, kind of in business and you must have seen that day in, day out in terms of the sorts of people that you uh, employed and the importance of what, what I find it very interesting in the actually kind of using language of kind of virtue and moral when, uh, morals when sometimes uh, kind of policy makers and, and particular kind of uh, ministers are sometimes nervous of that language, probably mm-hmm. because they may be right, they're going to be judged themselves in, in terms of some of these terms given the, the media age we live in. But do you think that the general public, as it is does actually respond and warm to the language of kind of moral virtue yeah i mean i think if you start calling it moral virtue it does it starts to acquire perhaps sounds like they've got a bit of an agenda behind it but if you talk yeah. about kindness and respect and tolerance and fairness and being honest and being a good helpful member of your local community and our national society uh, yeah you bet people respond well to that and, and, and of course, that's at the heart of how we start to teach children from the very earliest ages. And they're very, you know, they're in nursery in their very first years in, um, uh, in infant school. You know, kindness, taking turns, looking after other children in the playground. These are, you know, these are absolutely core, core values. 
I think it becomes harder when kids become a bit older and you get into slightly more difficult subject matter. And then I think sometimes people are reticent to say, you know, there's a, there's a right and a wrong. Personally, I think it's good to be brave about that and to be able to say, you know, there will come a time when, you know, you're adults and you can make decisions for yourselves about some of these things. But, but right now, you know, you take guidance, obviously from your parents, they're your primary educators, but also, also from school and also from wider society. That's, that's really interesting to, to hear your take on that. I mean, moving on to the actual policy yourself, you kind of grounded a lot of your policy around these five foundations you talked mm. about, just sport, creativity, performing, volunteering and membership and, and the world of work. Mm. Was there anything particularly that informed those foundations? Why, why those ones in particular? They were a way of organising uh, the subject matter, if you like, because, you know, when you start to try and define or codify all the masses of things that happen uh, out there in schools, in uh, you know membership groups, in sport, in activities—you name it. If you try and um, uh, group them in some way to make it a bit more manageable, you, you just have to make categories. And th these were <laughs> the categories, the convenient categories that things seem to fit into reasonably nicely. I think the one that surprised people possibly the most was World of Work, but uh, you know, is uh, an observation of, of mine. But actually, the place where you learn a lot of things about tenacity, dealing with criticism, uh, having to work to rules and all those kinds of things. Actually, one of the places where you learn a lot about that is in work and from doing a Saturday job or, you know, in the old days of paper round or a milk round, whatever it might be. There's less of that about now. Many fewer uh, young people are doing part time work while still at school. And so it, I think it's a legitimate question. How do you try and get some of that learning and some of that development through, through other means? Yeah, and I think there are also very concrete things that kind of school and teachers and students kind of understand. You know, there mm. are, as you said, they're, they're, they're good vehicles. Uh, perhaps a, an unfair question, but you've just before they kind of heard it got out the, the new focus on character in, into kind of policy. And then as politics happened, things changed. And um, was, was there anything you wished, you know, given a bit more time, perhaps you've gone a bit further on in implementing the character agenda? We'd always like more time. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. And yeah, I mean, look, this, this is an area I would have, I would have developed uh, further. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I would say, is there something I wish I had, would have done uh, during the times? I'm not sure. I don't think there is. But I think we definitely would have developed it further. And one of the, well, a couple of ways we, I think it's important to do that. We, we need, I think, more ways of, not measuring exactly, but you know, understanding, knowing uh, what opportunities there are available to, to young people and where there are gaps to make sure that um, to make sure that the the opportunities, the access, really is you know available to everyone. We know it isn't perfectly available to everybody, so trying to uh, trying to plug those gaps. The other way in which I think uh, I certainly would have wanted to develop it all further is. Uh, and I think this in many ways would be the defining challenge for this next generation coming through. The clash, if you like, or the um, at least the meeting of character and resilience, sanity, virtues and values and mental health and well-being, all, all three of the things in my mental um, uh, Venn diagram with the online world and how that is changing young people's experience of the world and each other 
uh, in ways that you know people of my age find very difficult to to understand. Uh, and although, of course, you know uh, the internet and social media create big opportunities for for this generation, which were also not available to us, and that's a really good thing. Actually, the extra pressures that come onto onto young people, particularly you know, in their teens, that we never had to deal with, I think is a real um, uh, is a real challenge for our whole for our whole society. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And in, and in fact, David Goodhart's uh, new book, Head, Heart, Hands, very much focuses on the fact that with technological innovation, AI and, and these other areas, that these human qualities have become kind of even more important, I think, in, yeah. in terms of how we might refocus to some extent on a, a character in, in policy going forward. I mean, currently, obviously, clearly our current Secretary of State has got a lot, lot on his plates right now. Would you have advice to kind of um, uh, Secretary of State's kind of following on from you a, a, around this agenda? I think it's unwise, to be honest, to go doling out advice to, <laughs> to, to mm. in, in that way. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, Gavin and, and indeed Nick Gibb and the rest of the team at, at DfE have a, yeah, have a belief in developing character and resilience in young people in their in their bloodstream and uh, it's certainly you know an area of uh, a lot of focus not a passion it, with civil servants in the DfE as well the challenge for everybody is it's just a little bit harder to get your hands around than um, than, than exams and, and lessons because uh, it, it lacks the, the same clear sort of measurements of, of, of outcome. Um, and so, you know, it's just a bit harder. It's just a bit harder to figure out. But I think the uh, the will, uh, the motivation is is absolutely there. And I'm sure we'll see a great deal more in this area coming out in the time to come. Well, that's very, very heartening to hear, and, and, and so do we, Damien. So we want to conclude these. Um, thank you so much for your kind of insights into character today. But we want to conclude this slightly more personally, uh, and this is something that we hope to bring as a theme throughout all of these different Conversations on Character podcast we're going to run. Mm. We're going to ask guests to tell us a bit about who inspires them in, in terms of the character qualities. And just to add a bit of jeopardy to this as well, Damien, rather than just letting you pick anyone and, and tell us who the qualities are, I'm going to pick a quality out of my uh, my hat here and then just ask and uh, if there's okay. someone who inspires you in that yeah, around that quality or I think exemplifies it. Uh, I hope you're all right with that, David. I'll do my best. Yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm dipping into the hat now uh, and I'm pulling one out. Uh, and I've got uh, courage has come out. Courage. Wow. Um, Malala, I think, has shown the most, well, she's shown the most remarkable courage in, in what she's been through and how she has kind of come out the other side. But also to go a bit further than that and say she's, she's shown immense courage in sharing her experience and inspiring others, particularly children, in a way that I think it's difficult to think of many other people um, in our time, or indeed in any other time, uh, who've done that. So she, she, is my, she is my nomination in that, in that area. Fantastic. And we'll do one more if that's okay. Mm. Um, given your uh, quality of your answer there, we're expecting high things. <laughs> so, um, and a service, the quality of service. So look, I'm thinking of people, these, these are not people that you or you know, anybody listening to this podcast will know. Um, and it's not even an, an individual. But so as a constituency MP, when I hear that, I think of the 
dozens, hundreds actually, probably, of people just in my own single constituency, one 650th of the, you know, of the population of the country who just devote so much of their time to trying to make that small part of the country a better place. And I know that's replicated right across the country. I hear all the time from my colleague MPs. And quite often it's underappreciated just how many people there are putting in how much work with often relatively little thanks just to make a little difference. And it's, a, it's an amazing and inspiring thing for, for all of us in Parliament. Yeah, and I think these unsung heroes were, in many ways, the heroes of the of the pandemic. We think about the, the uh, you know, that that was a recognition of how much service sometimes goes underappreciated. Mm. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Amy. We'll, we'll leave it there. I'll, I'll spare you any more. I just wanted to say thank you so much again for uh, sharing with us your journey, I suppose, through character and character education. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I've really, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a great conversation. I wish you luck with the, with the rest of this series. Yeah, well, if, if they're as good as this one, Damien, then we'll be in <laughs> very good shape. Thank you very much indeed. Nice talking to you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Conversations on Character, hosted by Dr. Tom Harrison and produced by me, Joe McDowell, on behalf of the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtue. To learn more about character, the research of the centre, or to give us feedback on this podcast, visit jubileecentre.ac.uk or find us on social media at Jubilee Centre One. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.